Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. This week's episode is kind of a nuts and bolts issue episode where we look at the comparisons between the program as it was growing and the book as it was published. Now, there are differences between the versions. There are four versions since the initial uh, publication. Each has the initial 164 pages, but the stories in the back of the book have been changed. Also, in the first version, the doctor's opinion was on page one. In other versions, it has moved out to the preface. So you have a book, and it must have been fun to walk around with that book. It had a yellow and black and red bright colored jacket hard to hide behind that because that is where bill laid out the program he told us that there were three goals in the book problem solution and action let's hear how joe and charlie interpret the layout of the book you see you think we're not going to preach anymore are we charlie no no more preaching this weekend that's it you got to remember, we're real alcoholics like Bill, and we're promoters, so don't believe all that. We, besides that, we come from the Bible Belt anyhow, but right we're on. not going to preach much anymore. There are Baptists, and then there are Southern Baptists. Now that we know a little bit about the history of the book, the idea is that Bill and Bob and the first 100 had to know. They made a decision to take that information, they, they knew it, and put it down in a written form in the same sequence as they knew it, so it could be preserved for the future. Let's go to the table of contents. Let's begin to look at the layout of the book. Let's see if it doesn't follow the exact same procedure, same kind of information that the first 100 had to know in order to recover. In your handout sheet, you have a little diagram call that says the Big Book Goals. I understand in the back room there's another screen in the corner that's going to have this same picture on it. If you can't, yeah, you'll be able to see it back there, great. Okay. You know, uh, I'm in the printing business, and I design books for a living. Okay? And I understand the, the layout of designs of books and why th chapters are written in certain sequences to bring about certain ideas. But in this book, Alcoholics Anonymous, when I came here, uh, I didn't think it had any rhyme or reason to it. I thought it was written by a bunch of old alcoholics, and what would they know about the layouts of a book? But I've come to find out that this book is laid out in a specific manner to bring about certain ideas. And the table of contents, if we look at them closely, will tell us and show us this little formula that they have. For instance, the, the table of contents of the big books of Alcoholics Anonymous has three goals. Goal one is to show us what the problem is. Goal two is to slow, show us what the solution is. And goal, th goal three is to show us the action necessary to recover. And so we go back to the problem. We need to know what the problem is. Just like Bill didn't know what the problem was. Ebby didn't know what the problem was. Bill had been into the, to the town's hospital, and Dr. Silkworth has explained to him what the problem was. So we find in the doctor's opinion and in Bill's story, we're finding out what is the problem. We hear from Dr. Silkworth, and he explains to us, and we're going to do that shortly, in great detail about the physical allergy and the mental obsession. That is the problem. You know, in the first printing of the book Alcoholics Anonymous, the doctor's opinion was on page one. 
somewhere along the line in the second printing, the second edition, they changed the doctor's opinion from page one into the Roman numeral section. Now, why they did that, I don't know. But to me, that lost some of the continuity of the book. I need to know what is the problem. And the problem is, is explained in Dr. Silksworth, the doctor's opinion. Because it's not a weak will, no good, rotten SOB type thing as I felt that I was, or a sinful thing. It's an illness. It's an illness. It's a physical allergy and a mental obsession. And then I needed to see a classic example of that in Bill's story. I need to see how that worked in his life. And in Bill's story, we can see more of what the problem is. And we find out after the doctor's opinion, and we identify with another alcoholic in Bill's story, we find out that we are powerless over alcohol. Now, if we are powerless over alcohol, then the solution then had to be power. So the goal, too, of the book is a solution. And in the solution, we find in chapter 2, there is a solution. It explains the solution in great detail. And in chapter 3, it talks about more about alcoholism, realizing that once they talk, tell us what the solution is, we need to know more about alcoholism because we'll find out in Bill's story that Bill didn't like that solution any better than we would. And in chapter 3, he's going to tell us some more information about we agnostic because we all had aversions to the idea of God in spiritual matters. So he's going to tell us some more in we agnostics. And that, and that is going to tell us more about the power that we need. If we are powerless, then we need power. And we see the need for that. And then goal three, we need to find certain actions, action necessary to recover or actions necessary to find this, this power rather than ourselves. Because, you know, I used to think I was trying to find God and God and my sponsor told me that God wasn't lost. You know, it was me who was lost. And I needed to take certain actions in order to find this power. So in chapter 5, it tells us how it works, how this program works, and how do we define the power. And in chapter 6, it tells us into action, not into thinking, but into action. It tells me what to do and the steps to take. And as a result of those steps, then I begin to try to carry this same message to alcoholics, working with others in chapter 7. It's quite obvious that if our problem is powerless, then what we're really dealing with is step one. You know, step one is a problem statement. We're powerless over alcohol. Our lives have become unmanageable. And we're really going to see that information, as Joe said, to be able to understand that and reach that conclusion through the doctor's opinion and Bill's story. We pick up a little of it in chapter 2 and 3, but most of it in the doctor's opinion and Bill's story. Powerless, that's step one. Obviously, if we're powerless, then the answer is going to lie in power. And we'll find that they can't do anything about the allergy of the body. In order to recover, it'll all have to be done through the mind. So step two becomes a solution statement. Came to believe that a power greater than ourself could restore us to sanity. And we'll see the information necessary to believe that in chapters 2, 3, and 4. Well, if the problem is powerless, if the answer is power, then the only other thing we need to know is how do you find that power in chapter 5, 6, and 7. Steps 3 through 12 show us exactly how to find that power. And if we apply those steps in our life, we have a spiritual awakening, we find the power, we recover from alcoholism. A very simple procedure. 
And this is exactly the same thing Bill, Bob, and all the first 100 had to know and had to do. They had to first find out what is the problem. Prior to the doctor's opinion, nobody ever understood the problem. Therefore, since they didn't understand the problem, they couldn't find the right solution. You can't solve any problem until you really understand the problem. Then you can find the solution. And then you can apply a program of action. And then you can recover from alcoholism. So really, this is not a new procedure. The world has known this for thousands of years. And this is the way you solve any problem. You know, if, it's, if you're in your living room and there's water dripping out of the ceiling, well, on the surface of things, it looks like your problem is that you've got a leaky roof. But that really isn't your problem. Your problem is, where does that sucker leak? Until you find out where it leaks, you can't do anything to solve the problem. It could be leaking through a shingle. It could be leaking through a, a valley. It could be leaking around a chimney. When you once determine where it leaks, then you can determine a solution, and then you can take a program of action and solve the problem. So this procedure is not anything new. We've always used it for problem solving. This one happens to apply to alcoholism. And we see what our problem is, then we can see the solution, then we can apply the program of action, written exactly the same way the first 100 had to know it. Okay, let's run over for a moment now to the preface. Second paragraph. <clears throat> Roman numeral 11. It's because, this basic, because this book has become the basic text for our society and has helped such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recovery, there exists again a, in, uh, there exists a sentiment against any radical changes being made in it. Therefore, the first portion of this volume describing the AA recovery program has been left untouched in the course of revisions made for both the second and the third edition. The section called The Doctor's Opinion has been kept intact just as it was originally written in 1939 by the late Dr. William D. Silkworth, our society's great medical benefactor. You know, this has some information here that's very important to me. It says, because this book has become the basic text of our society. It is this, this, this book is what our society is built on. As we said earlier, our society got away from the book. But a textbook is to be studied and to learn and to be studied, as Bob said earlier. You know, I used to read and hear a word about textbooks. All I could think about was cheat, you know. <laughs> but this, text, this textbook is to be studied and restudied and thought about and read and reread and studied. And, you know, it says here that the, these revisions have been made in 1955. Lots of more, uh, more and more newcomers come in, more and more women. The age group lowered. There was, in, the, in the beginning, those last gaspers are older people. The age that people, young people begin to come in, more and more women become in. And they decided they need to change the stories in the back of the book. Now, they didn't change the recovery program. They just changed the stories in the back of the book to reflect the society that they were dealing with at that time. And again in 1976, more and more women came in, younger and younger people came in. So again, they changed the stories in the back of the book to reflect our fellowship and the way it was growing. The first 164 pages and the doctor's opinion has not been changed. So I would say the first 173 pages of Alcoholics Anonymous has not been changed. Just the stories in the back of the book to reflect our fellowship. 
but it's just a book. You can go ahead and change it. You can revise it. Why isn't it like the video game? Why can't I have multiple endings? There was a movie a few years ago called Clue based off of the game, which was really kind of interesting. They actually released four different endings. And depending on what part of the country you're in, you may have seen a different solution. And then eventually when it came out on videotape, yes, videotape, they listed and included all four endings. As mentioned in today's episode, this is a textbook, so we don't change it. Now, there have been certain modifications. They did have to clarify some of the verbiage to make it more, not quite politically correct, but correct for the times. Uh, we don't use some of the language that they did in the 30s to address genders and various ethnic groups. So I applaud that part of it. We don't obviously want to alienate anyone. But why is it so important that this text not change? In software, there's two different ways that you can provide a piece of software to a client. You can do what's called white box, where you provide the basics and they brand it, they put their name on it, but they cannot change the majority of the items that make it function. Or you do what's called one-off or custom coding. The client gives you all of their specs, you build the product to them, and it works the way the client wants. Both have their benefits, but when you build custom software, you cannot necessarily sell that same software to the next person. But when you do white box, you can sell that to multiple people in the same industry or even across industries, depending on what it is. The big book is our white box. It is the customized guide for our industry. So we don't change these things. We don't make any subtractions or additions without having the majority of the membership approve it. That's also one reason why things take so long to change in our organization. We are a bottom-up structure. There is no president, no CEO, no C-level. Everything that is done by the General Service Office in New York is done at the behest of the groups and the districts they're in. So what was discussed in this episode was the three goals of the book. The problem as presented in Doctor's Opinion in Chapter 1, the solution, Chapters 2, 3, and 4, and then the program of action, which is Chapters 5 all the way through the rest of the book. And then it needs to be applied every day. I have to apply this program to myself every day to help make sure that I do not have the physical allergy triggered by the mental obsession that would make me want to go and have that first drink. What problem did we solve today? The big book solved a problem that had not been addressed for centuries. It was a known issue. It was very evident of alcoholism through the ages, referenced in the Bible, noted in the big book on the headstone of a grenadier that Bill saw when he was over in Europe for World War I. But you can't solve a problem that you don't know or understand. And it took a number of people to point Bill in the direction to develop the list, which became the steps, 
which became the program, which was written down as the book. Let's not change the book. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. If you'd like just the raw Joe and Charlie portion of the podcast, that is available on our Patreon site. The link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment. Until next week, this is the Big Book Living Alive, Joe and Charlie podcast.